0: Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. This is a very special Dennis Anyone Extra episode on a Thursday because I want to get this out before the weekend because my guests today are Ken Sawyer and John Imperato, two of the men behind the knockout production of Edward Albee's The Goat, or Who is Sylvia, that is currently playing at the LA Gay and Lesbian Center. Um, Before we get to them... I want to thank Bob Merrick for the generous donation to my tip jar. It helps me keep this podcast free. And if you want to help do that as well, you can do that at my website, dennisanyone.net. There's a button on the homepage where you can donate, and it really helps me out, and it brightens my day. And thank you, Bob, and everyone else who's donated so far. Uh, While you're also on that page, you can visit the blog, you can find past episodes, and most importantly, you can take my audience survey. I, I have a certain amount that I need to get a sample to get potential advertisers, and I'm halfway there. So I just need some more folks to go and take that audience poll. It takes a few minutes. It's kind of fun. They ask you questions of like, um, they ask you questions like. What products would you buy from this person? And I've had a few friends say, "Um, I checked everything but sports. (laughs) So thank you if you do that. Uh, You can also do that at DennisAnyone.net. Just scroll down on the homepage and you'll see Take My Audience Poll. Um, Follow me on Twitter at HensleyDennis. Like the show on Facebook, Dennis Anyone, All that good stuff. I really appreciate it as we try to grow this. And I also send out a monthly newsletter with just fun stuff in it, events that are happening, things like that. And you can subscribe for that on DennisAnyone.net as well. All right, without any further ado, I'm talking to Ken Sawyer. He's the director, and John Emperado is the artistic director behind this knockout production of The Goat. If you're in L.A., you have to go see it. And if you're not, I hope you listen anyway, because they have some great things to say about the power of theater and uh, what made them want to do it. And they share some great stories ...about uh, our touchy subject this week, which is... ...what's the movie or TV show or whatever that you saw when you were way too young? So I'm going to want to get your take on that as well. So enjoy, and uh, if you're in L.A., go see The Goat. Hey there, I am here on the set of the play The Goat... ...which is showing right now at the L.A. Gay and Lesbian Center's Village... ...in the Davison Valenti Theater, and I am with the show's director, Ken Sawyer... And John Imperato, my friend, who is the artistic director here at the Culture Art of the cultural arts program at the Jane L- Wagner L- Lily Tomlin Jane Wagner Cultural, cultural arts, 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 arts-, arts Center. I almost did it, and then I really choked. So, what exactly is your title, and what are, where are we? We are actually now
1: the newly named Los Angeles LGBT Center. Okay. At the Davidson Valent- Valentini Theater. At the Lily Tomlin Jane Wagner Cultural Arts Center. We've been branded to death.
0: We've well, been branded.
1: We've been bringing the Ed Plaza. <laughs>
0: right, at the Ed Gould Plaza. Right. I always love it because Coco Peruto shows here. And right. sometimes when she starts to do that, she does a long riff on it and makes it very funny.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, where are we? Yeah, where are been, we? Br- we've been branded to death.
0: But what's great about it is it shows that people care and they get behind it and they support. I, I, I love this place. Um, so I love the goat. I saw it the other night. Um, how long is it going to be running for? Uh, to the end of November. So you've got till the end of the v- November to see it. Um, I feel like it's one of those plays that the less you know about it going in, the better. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I do want to say, though, that I love a show where when you leave, the set looks a lot different than when you walked in. <laughs> um, I just love things like that. I remember seeing Carman, the uh, Matthew Bourne yes, show yeah, uh, at the uh, Amundsen. And I just remember them dancing around in, like, I'm like, they're fucking up that table. Like, I just like them. I like that it was messy. And I think, I love the stagecraft of that because you know when you leave, they're going to have to f- make sense of it all again. But yeah. I don't know if you can talk about that aspect without giving away too much. But I think it's, I think it's, it's not just like you have to pick a prop that looks good. You have to, you know what I mean? There's a lot that goes into a show
2: where, well, especially where on things. A, on, a, on a budget. And On a budget, you know, yeah. You've got, to, you've got to do things that can be replaced. I think we were allowed two real breakables. Two real breakables, yeah. Yeah, two yeah. real breakables.
1: expensive. Breakables are insanely expensive. Yeah. you got to keep actors safe. That's the most right. important Right. Like, thing. for
0: example, and I'm not saying this happens in this show, but, you know, whenever somebody in a movie breaks a glass or hits somebody with a bottle or something, those are special props. That have to be created that are not cheap. And they're about
1: $50 a bottle.
0: Wow. But we
1: got a really great deal from a company, but every breakable that we looked at was between $40 and $50 per breakable. So wow. We needed 80 for the
0: entire run. Wow, so, that's so interesting.
1: Yeah, and they made a sugar.
0: Really, breakables are made of sugar. Yeah, yeah. So if somebody <laughs> in a movie gets hit uh, in the head with the bottle, they could literally
2: pick it up and,
1: and lick it. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, been, it's been processed in a way that it's very toxic. You wow. don't want to be doing that. That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah. However, but,
2: if it shatters and goes out into the audience, it doesn't cut them. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and audience, the audience is, is so close. We had to think about that. Right. Now,
0: Ken, as a director, talk about, like, the first time you say, go for it with the stuff. <laughs> what is that like for actors in this show or any show?
2: Uh, well, it's it, uh, you ask the producer if you can have five or six extras so that you can, right <laughs> you don't have to right start an opening night, um, and then and then you have to say you, you do a first sort of fifty percent run, yeah, and you then see you, how that feels in your hand, yeah, what it would feel like if you yeah, did this or how it yeah. breaks and all that, yeah, and then you have to say go for it, and yeah. I think there's still Well, yes, there's uh, a dent in the door where the actress threw something and missed her mark. Okay. She really went for it and we couldn't get mad at her cuz she went for it. Right, exactly. There's She's in the moment. And there's a dent in the fireplace too okay. that we've covered. We've covered it all Yeah. But, but you walk in and it's
0: in beautiful like uh it's set in Manhattan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Manhattan so it's like Penn, it's, penthouse. it's a penthouse and you were saying before we started recording that you want to shoot the gay view on this set. Yeah, <laughs> I think you sort of could. I like that. Yeah, it's very, very I'm absurd. in the whoopee seat right now for <laughs> whatever that <laughs> it, it, that matters. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Um, Why this show?
1: Well, you know, Ken and I wanted to work together again because we really have a wonderful collaboration, and, and I think he's, you know, without question, one of the best directors working in L.A., if not the best. I'm not just saying that because he's sitting next to me. I truly believe You're not that. just saying that because you're uh, here on the view with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I want to keep from, from other movie. shows. Right. Yes, exactly, right. This just means I'm Rosie O'Donnell. Is that what right. this means? Uh, you uh, can I'll be take, whoever you want. I'll take Rosie. Just not hassle back probably. Yeah, no, Rosie Perez. I want to be Rosie <laughs> okay, Perez. Okay, good. I love her. Um, anyway, so Ken and I, 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 neither one of us are very good at reading plays. I need to hear them. We, you know, I, it's really good to hear a play. So we heard several plays and nothing clicked or felt right, uh, a young playwright in New York with a play that's got potential but needs work, um, other things. And then when we did this play, we read this play, um, we brought a good friend of of, uh, Ken's in to hear it, who didn't know the play at all, didn't know what he was hearing. And just watching his reaction to it, which was quite verbal, um, Mm -hmm. was amazing. And and when the play was done, we looked at each other and went, we got to do it. We just have to do it. We, We knew
0: it was Right. Right. Now, Ken, what is it about the play that appealed to you as a director? Because it seems – it's a lot to take on. And, <laughs> and they're so – it's so intimate. If those actors have a false heartbeat,
2: you see it because you're sitting two feet away. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's an odd combination of um, – because this is Hollywood, actors are used to being on film and on stage. And the core of that is the same, but it's, it's different techniques and this is an even another technique because it's almost like film acting, but you've still got to project enough to be able to get your voice out to the back of the audience. So it's a it's a weird hybrid. Um, uh, what was the question? Why did you <laughs> what what, what appealed to you about it as a director? Oh, um, well, wh- what I like what I like about working here and with John is, John is John is always trying to stretch me, and I when I first came here. Uh, We did Death Trap together uh, on the reputation that I do scary things well.
0: Right, because I had seen a play you did called The Woman in Black. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to, in a theater, to get really scared or to have that thriller moment. Because you're in a theater, you probably parked, you couldn't park, and it's North of Hollywood or Uh what? I mean, it's hard to like, oh my God, I'm scared now. (laughs) And you did that masterfully in that. So that's kind of what appealed to you about having him do Death Trap.
1: Yeah, I mean I heard he was the guy yeah. the go-to guy with that and when I first met Ken I said, you know, how do you really scare people on stage? He said, never with actors. It's all lights and sound. Lights and sound will scare the shit out of you. But be- no,
2: no but, but but with the actors believing, believing. truly believing what they're doing um, right. and then timing and lights and sound.
0: Right. It's every all the
2: elements all coming the elements together. All coming together. So, then so you- the next year uh we decided to do something together and we were obviously uh, looking for stuff um and John said to me, he said, you know, you're now becoming known as the guy who does scary things, um, but I think you're more than that. And and I actually didn't start out doing just scary things. Sure. So when he sent, he said, let's find something to to prove to people again that you, totally don't, you don't just scare people and right. you don't do just sound design. So we found the Laramie Project, which had the, 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 the original. Ten, ten years cool. later. Ten yeah. years later, yeah. yeah. Um, which had just uh, just guitar music. I wanted everything live, no sound design, no scares, um, very heartfelt. Um, and so we did that, and that was very That successful. was a knockout. Yeah, and didn't st- you get
1: great reviews? Mm-hmm. And- 16 out of 16 rave reviews. Just got nominated for the Best Play by the LA Ovation um, Awards. And, no, it was, it, was a, it was a joy. I mean, no, no one left that theater not saying, oh, my God, this was an amazing production.
0: And what I love about it, its coming to see theater here, is you never know what the room's going to look like. Like, you uh-huh. did that in the round. Right, yeah. Like, this, the... You go there with the design. Well, it's a, it's a traditional,
1: traditional black box, and you yeah. can reinvent it any way you want. I mean, you saw the play here with the boat, I believe. Yes. Was, with an entire boat, and the entire walls were blue with clouds. And so you reinvent this. So that's the little thing about a black box. You reinvent it. When we did Laramie, Ken and I talked about making it environmental so that the audience was part of the of the actual play with the actors in the audience when they arrived. So that was a really different thing. We've never done that Quite before making yeah. it really environmental, and then this we just had to go upscale to Manhattan, and, sure, uh, and, and and make this be- beautiful penthouse apartment. Yeah,
2: um, I was just I was just reading in a, a a book that directors, you know, you do one thing and you then you get calls for just that, and right. then you do another thing and suddenly you get calls for just that. So um, so then when we were talking about well what's next, and we heard the goat I thought I there there can't be two three. More different right. projects. But you <laughs> projects. also need,
0: you as a director, need somebody like John that knows, that you, knows your versatility and wants to push you. And, and yeah. they help you break out of the, the yeah. typing.
1: And we were kind of funny in that we chose the play and we dove into it. And then like midway through it, we looked at each other and we went, did we ever even stop and think what it would be like to mount this production? Right. Like, how are we going to pull this off? That never even occurred. We just fell in love with the play and we, did the, we had these great actors. I mean, we, we knew that
2: we could do it and, but and, and logistics and, were and we, knew we had the the actor, um uh Paul Witten did yeah. the original yeah. reading and right off we were like, Okay, he's the actor, so it seemed it was yeah right. Yeah. I've I, seen and,
0: him in a number of things. Yeah. Woman and some I, here. He's fantastic. He's extraordinary.
1: And if you don't believe the premise that this character is living, you have no play. Right. And he um he is the core and the heart and the soul of this piece, and um, and I just looked at Ken. And, and he went, was at the reading. And he, a, a, after the reading, I looked at Ken. And I said, "I'm not doing it without Paul. Like that's he's got the part. He's amazing." And um, and that's, that's That to me, even though the other part that Ann Noble plays, the wife Stevie, is a really difficult part. In many ways, to me, getting the right husband, the uh, the part of Martin, was more important. Once we knew I had, we had the perfect Martin. We could then cast around that.
0: Yeah. What can you tell... What are you comfortable telling about the plot of the of the show? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> no. Well, I don't it's know. It's called The Goat it's or cool. Who, is Who is Sylvia? It's by Edward Albee. Right. It won the Tony, didn't it? Tony, Drama Desk, Out of Critics, yeah. and the finalist for the Pulitzer. And I remember seeing it at the taper with Sally Field... And I remember her throwing something. But what's amazing to me is I didn't remember the ending of the show. And the ending is powerhouse and unforgettable. And I didn't remember it. I just remember Sally Field throwing something. And I remember her liking it. And I remember finding it provocative because it... The questions it talks about desire. And and I could see why you're doing it at the Gay and Lesbian Center. Because it, even though it's not a gay play, really... Um, it's a gay the, subplot. the sun is The sun is gay. But right. it also... Asks questions about desire. And right. it's a risky show to do and politically. It, and tolerance. It actually
2: it actually scared us both, which was another yeah. reason to do it. But it's it both,
0: you know, Especially when it comes to political correctness and you're at a community yeah. center, it, it's right. like... We were rolling
1: the dice on this You were rolling
0: the dice. But,
1: but it, to much credit, I went to my boss, Daryl Cummings, and said, Do you know the play? He said, Yes, I saw it at the Mark Taper. We want to do it. What do you think? And if he had said to me, You can't do it, I would have understood. I have really amazing artistic freedom here. The support I get is extraordinary. He looked at me and said, that play in that small theater, wow, that will be really intense. Go for it. So he just gave me the green light and I was like, okay, Um, because I trust his opinion and, and I respect him immensely. And I thought, well, let me go to him and see what he thinks. And I was happy he'd seen the play at the Mark Taper and just said, go for it. You know, and so, you know, yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, the thing I love is so many critics have written that this was such a great play for the Center to be doing. And in reviews, we've, by the way, we've had 14 out of 14 rave reviews. I'm LA not ti- surprised. LA Times critics pick five stars from BroadwayWorld.com, five stars from Frontiers, Ovation Recommended. I mean, we're, we're riding a, quite a great wave at the moment. But the critics have... I've never seen critics talk about a director as much as they do in reviews, which they, sometimes they act like plays direct themselves. Right. They don't mention the director, but Ken's been singled out more than any time I've seen in a play we've done. The other thing is that every single review, without exception, has mentioned the set, how gorgeous the set is.
0: Yeah, I, could, I want to live
1: here. Right. They give. <laughs> I'm props. so excited we're doing it. Why? We're <laughs> going to take a few
0: pictures <laughs> before we leave so they, you can they see. They give
1: props to all the actors, and I think of the 14 reviews, at least a half a dozen of them have mentioned what a smart choice to do this play at the center. Which I was so thrilled that they got why we did this play because you know I don't want to give too much away but it's I say in the program that you know it's the most bra- it's the bravest piece of work Albie's ever done and he asks questions that nobody would ever ask so it's and I so feel like he has earned the right to ask those questions exactly. I think if well it was said. an
0: if it was an unknown playwright it would still be really provocative but it's but I think we go with it a little bit more because it's somebody. And, and, I don't, he really, that we, and he really ca- – We I mean, we,
2: ha- we really – we had to get permission from Alby himself to do it because it hasn't been right. done in L.A. and Since the Mark taper production in, in, 2000, yeah. in 2004. Um, and he's sending someone to see it. So he, he actually really cares about this play. And who does to, his
1: work. And who does it. And knows. I also think – and I don't know Alby, I'd love to meet him. I, I think he's – you know, he's one of the greatest – if not the greatest living playwright, a gay playwright. But um, I don't think he could have written this play early in his career. I think this right. play came, it's the last play he's written, or maybe the second to last, but I think that he couldn't have written this play till the latter part of his career um, because it's almost like with this play, he doesn't care. He's just hes just addressing things he wants to address.
0: Yeah. And so it's about a couple who live in Manhattan. And mm-hmm. They have a son.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and he's, go having, he's yes. having an affair and the man's having an affair. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and, uh, and the
2: play's called The Goat.
1: Right. Yeah. And, he, and he's <laughs> at the pinnacle of his career. Um, he's receiving uh, the Pudencer Prize, which is the equivalent of the Nobel Prize as an architect. So he's a very famous architect, very wealthy, wonderful wife, funny, sweet, gay kid who's six, six, 16 years old. His son just turned 17. But that
0: actor's so great. Oh, you believe wonderful. he's that teenager. He's got that sort of... Uh, Uninhibited, like he's just that sort of teen awkwardness, and
2: you know, Wish he's so. like
0: a, he's like an open. Wound or something yeah. like, I don't know <laughs> That kid was so
1: great Yeah it's a rawness I mean yeah. Ann Noble Is spectacular as Stevie I mean I think she's giving The Tour de Force performance And sexy Sexy and hot Yeah I yeah. said to Ken I I want a sexy hot cast I've never seen a sexy hot cast Of the show quite frankly And I wanted a sexy well, you hot you want to cast. believe
2: it, They say in the, in, the, in the text That they uh, He fulfills her every night and, and when I first read it I thought Hmm is she lying Or is Or Or, or Convincing yourself of this, um, but we cast it so that no. They You believe they, they have a they sex life, have a right. hot, sex sex life right. hot sex life. Yeah.
1: yeah very. Um and so and then a shout out to Matt Kirkwood, who plays his best friend, uh, Martin's best friend. I mean you know every everything with a play or even a movie, as you know, as a director, Dennis is casting casting, casting, casting. But in this one we had to get the casting right and we, yeah. uh, we've got a great cast Well
2: and and aside from Spencer, I've worked with the other three actors for uh, Paul Witten and Matt Kirkwood. I think 13 years ago did our first play together. That's awesome. Yeah. So there was a shorthand that was really, really great between um, those three. Yeah. Um, because because they play old friends, um, we are old friends. Yeah. So so it resonates. Yeah.
1: Right. But also with this difficult play, yeah. it was very Trust. good for, for Ken to have people who know how he works. They know how they, he knows how they work. What right. everyone's process is. So it helped this sort of diving into the pool without knowing, getting to know people and their method of, uh, of working. Right.
0: Now, I brought a friend who'd never seen it, knew nothing about it. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> she's love laughing, it. and at one point she's like, this is dark. And I, I know that she loves theater and, and likes to be challenged and can handle it. And the critics have been enthusiastic, but what about your average, let's go to the center and see a show person? Have you had people come out like, going, what, what just happened? Or had pleasantly surprised? Or no, what have the, What's the reaction well, what been I, like of your average theater? I went theater to or, Nate,
1: the Mark Taper. Yeah. And about 15 to 20 people walked out.
0: Wow. And they walked out yelling. And it's a one-act. So so one it's, yeah, it's,
1: it's a 90-minute play. No they walked out appreciate.
0: yelling? They walked out yelling at the act on the stage. <laughs> and I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> and even in my sort of
0: unbroken. Maybe we, we should have ordered there. some more breakables <laughs> to throw at yeah.
2: them.
1: Yeah. But I think it's been 10 years. And I don't think people are the same way. But the great thing is... Like, we've not had one person come out and say anything derogatory or, Why'd you do this play? This is awful. This is shocking. You know, nothing like that. And even our seniors, which we love, we've got this huge senior community. I get as many of them into seed as possible. They all want to come back. Like, they loved it. Like, I thought they might be shocked.
2: They loved it. And um, had, because go ahead. I think it's at its heart, it's not about perversion, but sort of the nature of love and humanity. And that's what. Uh, again, mm-hmm. the role of Martin embodies is that that understanding um, of, of, of falling... Someone put it... I went out with a friend and they said... Oh, can I say this? Well, yes, I can. They said... Uh, usually people think that they're going to side with uh, 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 the woman character because she's being cheated on. Right. Um, um, and he said, it's interesting in this production... And he had seen the Mark Taper perf- uh, show you side with him because you understand love. Everyone understands love, and that's what he is. He's in love. Um, and
0: that's what comes across when, yeah. in his performance. For, yes.
2: for her, um, she's trying to understand her husband falling in love with something that's not usual. Yeah, <laughs> and being betrayed. And this. being betrayed. Right. And And though we understand betrayal we don't as much... Uh, hopefully none of us will have to relate to that situation. Yeah. So.
1: And yeah. I would say it's the direction and, and the actors, but I've seen the play three times before we produced it. I saw it twice in New York and in L.A. because I love this play. And, uh, and I've never quite... Empathize as much with with the with with martin 's character uh, the, the male lead the guy's having the affair as they do with his production and part of it I think there's something about what Paul does with his play that's so honest and heartbreaking and so believable that that it, it and i 've had many people come out like last night i 'm leaving and I have a senior behind the front desk who uh, is a meter and greeter. well, I was here for half an hour he wouldn't stop talking about the play, really astute, but he kept talking about how he really understood Martin's dilemma. And, and I, I wish I could have taped the conversation. The, the guy was brilliant. I mean, he really got it. And, um, and it's the kind of play where, I say this in the program, when I saw it in New York, there was the big, uh, I went to Matinee by myself, there was the big poster of the New York times Ray Review. And I'm looking at it, and three people were all reading it together and saying, oh my God, what was this? And one of the gentlemen says, do you want to go have a drink? And four people go walking like in a clump to the bar on the corner and have a drink. This is before cell phone stuff, and we're talking fast and furiously about this play. What did it mean? It blew my mind. What do you think of that? And then we all said goodbye and we left. And I thought, what play takes four strangers, assembles them, and moves them so much to want to continue a conversation about it? Because we all wanted, we all were by ourselves at a matinee. We had to say, what the hell did we just see? What was right. that? And um, and the fact that people are leaving the theater. Uh, you know, and they're saying, you know, oh my god, I need, I need to talk about it. I need to talk about it because it provokes so we've much.
2: We've just talked about how much it is about love, but it's not saying that we're approving of that. That's where that's where the discussion comes in. Yeah, there's no, answers. <laughs> there <isn't>. there's <laughs> no <laughs> answer because <laughs> there is. no answer.
1: It's also about making it, making a decision that's irrevocable in your life, a decision yeah. that you know could change or destroy your life, and that decision. That decision is getting in a car with a drunk driver that it, and that decision is taking a drug you shouldn't be taking or having an affair or embezzling or, or all types of – people, you know, we all – really good people make really bad decisions and, and right. make really bad choices, myself included. And so it's that thing where you know this will, the outcome of this and still you make that decision. Right. And we've
0: all been there. You know? And in his case, it didn't seem self-destructive. Right. He's not apologetic at all. No. It's just – Happened, yeah. Well, life, it's it's kind of life yeah. happens, yeah. Right, life
2: happens. Yeah.
0: In addition <laughs> to all happens. the sort of really provocative aspects of the show, there's a father and son scene near the end, or that dialogue that I think was the most moving part for me. The the thing that I didn't remember from before, and I was like, really? Yeah, wow. I just loved their. I, they I have, a, seen
2: conversation, this I'd they, I'd they have a conversation. Paper production. They they have
0: a conversation at the end between the father and the son, and the gay son, and seeing it here. I don't know. It just, I it was like. The really beautiful takeaway for me this time. Yeah,
1: it's it's quite moving, and, it, and it's it's you know it's forgiveness. Yeah, you know which is you know,
2: and a father stepping up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, defending his son. Right. In the next moment. Now, I have a selfish reason that I like to come and see shows here is because
0: we do the mismatch game next door, and we raise money by selling the cards, and it's it's sort of a cash fund that you sometimes use for like props and things. your production's here, because it's cash, you know what I mean, it's like, it's great. So is there anything on this set that you can point to right now that may have come from some mismatch money? Oh yes. I can tell you. Abs- absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. I love this part without question. <laughs> Cause um, I bring my friends and I'm like, see that doily. Right. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Uh, I have a, like a pride, a pride right. thing about it. A lot of the smaller props. Okay. The
1: trade for the, for the drinks. That's an amazing trade. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, Thank no, you. <laughs> you. Yeah. The trade for the drinks. Okay. A lot of, um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say I'll give things away. Um, you know, um, I didn't buy picture frames, uh, because That's I bought one, because we okay. had Ken donated one, and I had others. Yes, but there's also a lot of smaller props and things, sure. and. Several buckets of paint.
0: Okay, I love it. That's yeah, enough. I'll yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Now, what do you want to take home after the show? Because that lamp. I, that lamp. There's this lamp, and we'll get a picture of it. Ah, that uh, lamp is so sexy. Well,
1: that lamp is really expensive, and it's part of the rental from the prop house with the furniture. nobody gets to go home with the lamp. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. objects um, prop house, which is uh, run by my friends uh, Fred and Jason, um, have an amazing prop house where they. Rent props for movies and films, and uh, and they're the sweetest guys in the world and that was, good friends at the was center.
2: The interesting part where, uh, where I had to get really creative, which is, well, some of this is rented, so you know there's mass destruction, right? So how do you take the rented stuff and put it amongst the destroyed stuff? Yeah, and there's liquid at the end, and how do you yeah. not get that liquid all over? So the, so so it's the, great. The, yeah, so the... Uh, <laughs> well, here's, here's
1: how good a director Ken is. I'm like, Ken, we can't get anything on, on this furniture. It's really expensive. He's like, oh, no, no, I stopped all that. I have an entire scene that was not, I mean, an action that's not in the original script. And I've reworked the whole thing and nothing will go near your set. And actually, because my favorite moment in, in the play is when the father and son are cleaning up. Yeah. So that tender moment of them trying to reconstruct their lives was also done to protect the expensive furniture. <laughs> right. so. There's the other
0: ulterior motive. <laughs> right, right. And it's
1: very tender. Right. But I've bought i bought the big lamp. I'm yeah. buying the globe.
0: I'm, I'm 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 actually buying several pieces. This I set. know you should have extra ones outside for people to buy afterwards. This is yeah, beautiful. Yeah. No, I'm I'm buying several pieces yeah.
1: off, off the set. Yeah. Would you sure. have
0: a favorite moment in the show, Ken?
2: Uh oh, I have so many. I, uh, I, there's one at the door where Anne says. May, uh she, she opens the door, and she's about to go out, and then she makes the decision to close the door and turns to him and says, make me not believe this. Please make me not believe this. And the heartbreak of the way she says it and the, the look on Paul's eyes, that that gets me. Yeah.
0: And it's a very serious play. There's laughs yeah. in it as well. Is Was there a moment in rehearsal where you all just cracked up? Where something went wrong. Oh, something the,
2: on the on the. <laughs> uh, okay. well, on the phone on on the telephone is is a picture of a goat, and there is a moment in the play where one character shows the other character the picture of the goat, and they and on the phone that. that wouldn't
0: have probably been true <laughs> in the original production.
2: Yeah, we we yeah, which we've, is
0: so modern and great. Oh, yeah.
2: Um. Uh, so, so uh, the first night that Paul saw that picture of the actual. Yeah, goat. Um, he's supposed to have a serious reaction, and uh, we we spent well twenty minutes. But we'll also because it's how we show.
0: We were like, I, I met this guy last night. Right, Look, right, that's right. how we show people <laughs> exactly. who we're interested in. Look at this guy from Scruff. Should I meet him? Like, <laughs> right. that's how we right. communicate right. Right. about our to our friends about our relationships. And so the juxtaposition of that, I bet, was hilarious.
1: Yeah, really. Funny. Now
0: you're both you both love theater. Why do you love it? When did you fall in love with it? It's, I see God in two places.
1: God is the beach for me, the ocean. And when the lights go down in any theater and something live is happening that could be anything could happen, it's that magic moment. The moment that that, that booth, goes, those lights go out and it starts, there's something in it that I connect to God for me. It's, it's, it's the most spiritual thing I know. It's, it's human beings assembled on a stage who have the belief system, the, the imaginative leap to believe that they could be these other people and we as an assembled group of strangers also take the imaginative leap to believe that what they're saying is real and true and then be affected by it. To laugh, to cry, to be moved, to think about my own life, to say that you know, I'm not alone in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm more similar than dissimilar. I know that pain. I know that joy. I am that person. It connects us. That's what And it's Vina a does. group
0: leap of faith that everyone's taking together. Faith,
1: yeah. And, and we get connected because we see ourselves somehow like yeah. reflected
0: back on stage. I love that moment as an audience member when the lights start to go down, but you're not sure if they're going down yet. Yeah, Wait, are they yeah, going down? Oh, no, right, right. no, they're not. No, oh, yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They are. Like I love that moment where you're not sure right. if they're going and I'm on. I'm sitting
1: on the side <laughs> making the sign of the cross as if I'm a Catholic anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just praying that everything goes well. Nothing yeah. happens. Somebody gets hurt. But just like let this let this beautiful piece of theater. Happen and let it all go well, and nothing, and, yeah. and, and have the audience have the experience that we hope
0: they
2: have. Yeah, I, I love the different people have. I like. I love the first sound cue is "We Found Love in a Hopeless Place" by oh, Rihanna, which brilliant. I thought was
0: so brilliant. And <laughs> I said to my friend cello. later, I was like, "That's cello. I know this song, but it's different." And I said to my, friend, I said, "I have to tell you about this song after the show because it's a, it's the best song, and it's so evocative for this piece, and it's a cello, like brilliant, brilliant, brilliant." Yeah, Ken does,
1: Ken does his own sound design for yeah. a reason. Oh. And, that's okay. It's reason, all good. For a reason. And um, yeah, when he first played that for me, I was
2: like, that's genius. It's so genius. But yeah. I love I love that some people are laughing in the audience because they get it. They know right and away. And I, uh, I can see other people going, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Yeah. Because it's such a different experience for everyone. Right. And audiences sometimes, we have audiences who laugh uproariously through the yeah. play.
1: And then sometimes people are just really quiet. Yeah. And they're riveted and they're with it, but they don't know they can laugh or they're just, it takes them to a different place. Yeah. Every night the audiences are different.
2: I love it. Why do you love the theater, Ken? My, I guess mine is not as profound as oh, yours. That's mind. all right. I grew, yeah. I grew up in a small town in Texas where the only thing we had to do, what we could do, was every Friday night we went to the, uh, the little movie theater on the square. So what was I it called?
0: Was, it was called, Ours in my town was called the Roxy Theater. I
2: think it was called the Rialto. Yeah. I think it was some... some
0: and um, this is how Low Budge small town art theater was, there was always a double feature. And yeah. about 10 minutes into the second movie... They would put a sign, literally slide it on top of the movie that says "Snack Bar closes in five
1: minutes,"
0: <laughs> and everyone would get up and go get their final snack. And I think of like if I thought like Spielberg would just <laughs> right, die being right. you know, on that, but it was very specific to my town because they were going to keep it open yeah. the whole time. Where was your town, Dennis? Holbrook, Arizona. Arizona. Nice. Yeah, the Roxy Theater. But when I go home, I always and every time I go home, it might be closed that they might have closed it down. Oh, somebody yeah. bought it. They brought it back. It's open. It's there and yeah. whatever. But you had a so, small town,
2: yeah. So, so every Friday night, my parents would drop me off, no matter what, and I would watch movies, and it was such right. a great escape. And it was anything from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark to Dixie Dynamite or something, you know. Yeah, it was like it was like Either whatever you got, uh, whatever yeah. I got, I got. Um, um, uh, so, so I thought, oh, I want to be a movie director. Um, And I thought, in order to be a movie director, I have to know what an actor feels like. And this is my 14-year-old brain thinking. Right. I have to know what an actor feels like. So I started auditioning for community theater. Okay. Um, And that kind of led to uh, going to performing arts high school, which led to going to Juilliard. Um, So I followed this path that I always thought, oh, I'm going to be a movie director. I finally came out here. I was an actor. I went to – I applied for AFI. And they brought me in, and they said, um, uh, uh, "You're the only person we've brought in with 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 just a a statement, no film. Why don't you have film?" I was like, "Well, I've been working in theater, and I've been an actor, and blah, 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 blah." But I really, and they said, "Oh," um, and I don't know who this was at AFI, but they said, "Oh, theater, theater is just people standing in a room. It's not visual. Film is visual, and you have to." And they didn't accept me. And I just thought, hmm, what a well, dick! Well, their loss. I'm what going, a dick! I'm going to disprove that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. And so that's when I started directing mm-hmm. theater and with the Road Theater Company, and and so I've now I I have grown such a love of theater that, but but it it be, it started with the movies yeah, and in this small town of Texas. Right. I love that. And, and that that was an escape and allowed. <laughs> Me to escape to somewhere else.
0: You said you went to Juilliard. Was yeah. that intense? As as intense as it sounds, because you think of competitive, artful, brilliant teachers like fame. hitting you and like <laughs> do it again. Like I don't know. It just seems like you want fame.
2: Well, yeah, yes, we're, we're, yeah. It, it feels you have like to pay. that. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh. Yes. Who was in it with you? Anybody that sort of blew up?
2: Uh. Yeah. Andre Brower was in my class. Right on. Um. Kathleen McNenny. Um. Yeah. Um, All right. I think Dre is the one who made it, made it huge. Who? But Andre. Andre. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's great. Um, there's, sometimes we like to throw out a random question and get our listeners involved, and this kind of leads into your, your, um, the, your movie theater story. Uh, this is a very um, adult play that you're doing here. What's the, the movie or play or something that you saw when you were way too young to see it? that either freaked you out or stayed with you or changed you or whatever. Okay. I was uh, obsessed with
1: Justin Hoffman okay. as a kid and I was doing book reports on him and Midnight Cowboy came out and it was rated X. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was 14 and my good friend, Johnny Kelly, wherever you are, I'd love to get back in touch with you who lived across the street. Really great guy was 16 or 17 and was an usher at the Fox theater in Long Island. And his, he said to me, "Here's the idea: how we can get you to see." Because I was obsessed with seeing Midnight Cowboy. I had right. to see Rats of Rizzo. I had to see this character, right? So, and of course, I couldn't see it. And he said, "Come to the matinee. I'm going to put a stool behind the red velvet curtain. You have to sit there for two hours until the evening show starts." And then when it starts and it's really busy and really crowded people coming in, I'm going to tap the curtain and just quickly go and get a seat so no one knows it's you. So That's I, a
0: lot of subterfuge. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I a was lot. committed. I but was if,
1: committed. You had to sit there for two hours? Okay. Because, because they wouldn't let me in. I was 14 yeah. years old. So I sat behind the curtain. And, um, for two hours. The, just... When you
0: said come to the matinee of a different show? Yeah. But, yeah but that's it. it okay. The, the
1: daytime show. The show that you, know, you could see. Okay, right. That that's I was what... about to see at my age. And then between six and eight, when it was done, the yeah. four to six show, between, and then eight o'clock was the It was like Freaky show. Friday
0: or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even remember what it was. I didn't even yeah. care. I just wanted yeah.
1: to see, see, um, and, uh. And then he tapped me and it was really crowded and I went and just grabbed a seat and I was so afraid someone was going to see me this young kid and I saw Midnight Cowboy and you know uh, and that's how I changed my, my I always wanted I hated the fact that my name was John I, yeah. I come from an Italian family with a million Johns right. so I see John Voight on the screen with no H-J-O-N I'd never seen that before mm-hmm. I'm like I'm changing my name to J-O-N just to you know So ha- that's
0: where that came from Just
1: to change yeah just to give it a, a bit of a different handle you That's know? amazing But I sat there and watched Midnight Cowboy I'm not sure I even got it all uh, but you know the out with John Boyd's naked ass and I was right. 14 and gay and did you know I was gay and I was like why do I like this so much? Like, <laughs> why, is this, why is this so exciting to me? But <laughs> Why I, do
0: I want to live there? Right,
1: right. And then I watched the movie and you know I, I still think it's Dustin Hoffman's greatest piece of acting
0: uh, in his entire career. And so yeah so I snuck in for two hours that's to see amazing. that movie. Yeah. That's so, so cool. What do you remember seeing when you were too young to see it?
2: But, um, I don't know if I was too young to see it but it was the whole reason I did Death Trap. Uh, Death Trap was playing uh, with Christopher Reeve and uh, Michael Caine yes. um, at uh, the small movie theater. And I remember uh, uh, it was supposed to be gay, and I uh, you know, in Texas, you're not supposed to see it. So you already knew that it had a gay twist before you went in? Oh, well, I just heard I wasn't supposed to see it. There was something about there it. There was something about it. So I went to see it. And I saw Superman kissing another man. And I was the only one in the theater. And I saw Superman kissing another man. And I was like... It it did something to me, but I didn't really know what it was yet. Um, uh, uh, And... Yeah. That's so cool. I
0: remember seeing that in a theater and people going, ah! Yeah, yeah. yeah." Like, just audible groans of disgust. Right. Yeah. Looking back, was that kiss, was it long? What was that kiss like? No, if we looked at it now, would we mean, be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'd be like, oh, that wasn't that. Yeah, I
1: saw in Manhattan at a matinee on the, on the Upper East Side, you know, and the, the rich blue-haired ladies, and they were going, oh, disgusting, like
2: literally, yeah. you know, oh, that's disgusting. And, and I'm just thinking, oh. On the other hand, my mother took me to see my first R-rated movie with, uh, with my grandmother, which was A Star is Born. Oh my Shrisa. god! What was that right. R-rated. Oh. I, I guess yeah. because there of were the, a lot of shots of her
0: ass it. in it. Oh, really? I mean. the but there was a lot of harass in it. I
1: remember John Voight. Yeah. I don't remember her yeah. See yeah, that? I there you go. She From the gay man
0: wanted everyone to see that ass. I think for me, I I saw the Poseidon Adventure, and Which it freaked the shit out of me. But I, I don't think parents would have known you shouldn't have seen that. But for some reason, it really frightened me, and I would wake up feeling like water was coming to my house. It was terrifying. Yeah. And, uh, like, really, for a long time. And then I I knew, okay, disaster movies are not good for me. I knew that. (laughs) And I remember being in uh, seeing another movie, and the trailer for Airport 75 came up, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the snack bar right now. Like, I I was like, I'm taking care of me. I know my own weird fears. But I also remember, like, when my parents were watching The Godfather on television, them sending me out of the room. Because there was, you know, I was not meant to see it. And I remember coming up, and I just saw the horse head, like, coming up to oh get God. some water yeah. or whatever. I couldn't sleep. And I saw the horse head scene. And I was like, and then I went back. and I, But I remember being a little haunted by the horse head scene, like. Of course, of all. Th- it's that thing of when your parents walk in at that one part when you. Right. When the boobs show an airplane, there's your mom. Like, it was inevitable. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like. Or you walk in for the scariest part.
2: I think but, Trilogy of Terror, too. With Karen Black. With that crazy, that, doll. that crazy doll. That was that yeah. a kid's dream. Yeah. For, yeah. Me,
1: for me, it was The Exorcist. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know how I ever got to see that or how I snuck in you know, or whatever I did, but it was terrified me.
0: Yeah. Jim Fall told me that he, I think his parents or his sister, took him to that on Easter Sunday. <laughs> and he was, like, not that old. But, yeah, you got to love that stuff. It always stays with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if people want to come and see The Goat, mm-hmm. um, how do they learn information about it if you're based in L.A.?
1: Um, go to the box office, which number is 323-860-7300. Or you can go to our website, which is theater. And just get tickets
0: there um, online. And there's a discount code for people that listen to this podcast. Yes. And the discount code is mismatch, M-I-S-M-A-T-C-H, as in the mismatch game. And uh, it'll save you a little bit of money. And it's a great, provocative evening of theater. And uh, it's not that expensive.
1: Yeah. And I want to add, Dennis, that... The unique thing about seeing theater is all of the net proceeds from the shows go to our homeless youth program. So you're not just seeing a play; you're actually giving back. You get to actually see really great theater, and all the money that you're from your ticket will go to our homeless youth program. I love that. And I also want to say that um, the play was underwritten by a foundation um, that that did this for us. So this show is a complete net, it's a complete uh, net production. So all so everything
0: that comes in. Is profit
1: it's or prop. for the center? It's for the center. So, so literally every dime from every ticket sale, you're actually making a contribution to our homeless youth program. So you feel good about that, and then you see an amazing piece of theater. I thank love you, it, Laura.
2: Yeah, That's and so thank so you, nice. Laura
1: Ladd, <laughs> for um, for uh, being so generous with your foundation and uh, and believing in the work
0: that Ken and I do. Now, is there something you guys want to do next? As kind of movie, a uh, kind of show you haven't done yet, a musical, a comedy, a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I to well, want to. Well,
2: uh, there's, there's, there's a thing we would love to develop, but, but yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, that. Later. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but,
0: but I want a musical.
1: Do you? Could I you do a musical, musical
0: in here? That'd be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I want to build a rafter and put the band up a top.
0: Yes. Yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah. No, I, I want a musical in the worst way. That's the next. That you know, who knows what that would be? Or I'd love an original musical. As awesome. doing, doing, you know, another musical. But, um, you know, and, you know, things that I've always wanted to produce in my life, like Company, which is one of my favorite musicals, they've all been done so much. Right. You know, the things that I loved in the pantheon of great musicals that I would love to do, they've been done. You yeah. know, I just saw an amazing production Ken did last year of Sweeney Todd. And um, as much as I'd love to do Sweeney Todd, it's been done and, and I don't have the space for Sweeney. So, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll We'll see.
0: All right. Well, I, I look forward to seeing anything you guys do together, and I love coming here and seeing. And one more plug
1: coming yes. up in December is Leslie Jordan is reviving um, his show um, Fruit Fly uh, in the Big Theater, the Rimberg Theater, in December, December fourth through the sixteenth.
2: Oh, I love that!
0: I have to come and see that. Yeah, maybe yeah. I can Did just you see talk that to him. <laughs> I've seen him do his shows, but I don't remember.
1: Fruit I feel Fly like I saw the one about the
2: carpet, show. the red carpet. Yeah, that, about, my left on the
1: red right, yeah, yeah, carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Fruit Fly is my favorite show of his. Yeah. Uh,
2: and if you come, bring a wrap because it's really cool here, in here. Yeah, <laughs> right. yes.
1: And, and in this horrible heat wave we're having this weekend, we have, um, yes, bring the, the a little sweater. Place. But it's the coolest place to be is to come to the center, to make a donation by buying a ticket, giving back, and seeing... For amazing actors do a high
0: wire act. Exactly. It's incredible. So thank you guys so much for chatting with me and go see The Goat. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again to John Imperato and Ken Sawyer. Go see The Goat if you're in L.A. Use that discount code mismatch. And if you want to get in on our touchy subject question this week, what play or movie or TV show did you see when you were way too young Uh, there's a place that you can chime in on that on the blog on dennisanyone.net. You can also take my audience poll and do all that fun stuff there. So I hope you visit that site and do all that stuff, and uh, tune in next week, and thanks for listening. Bye!